to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Joined today by Jonathan Smoke, the Chief Economist for Realtor.com, the official site of the National Association of Realtors. Smoke is a 20-year veteran of the real estate industry and has held a number of executive roles throughout the industry. Since our last interview with Jonathan, Realtor.com has released the 2015 housing forecast, setting the stage for the return of first-time homebuyers. Jonathan joins us today to discuss this report as well as the top-line market expectations, the key trends, and some of his favorite market picks. Now, let's welcome Jonathan Smoke to the call as we join our host, Tim Harris. So, Jonathan, welcome back. We have a lot of ground to cover on today's radio show. And as always, I really appreciate the time you set aside for us. Our listeners um, love to hear from you. We get great feedback after every radio show. Again, I think it's a, a credit. I was actually trying to think of a good slogan for you. I think you're like the... Uh, the Realtors Economist. or I mean, obviously you work for Realtor.com, but I'm trying to think of a way to encapsulate the fact that you do such an elegant way of explaining complicated information in a very simplistic way that every man on the street can, uh, can, uh, can understand. So m- give me another month or so, and I'll come up with a really good slogan for you. But welcome back. Thanks, Tim. I'll hold you to that. <laughs> Perfect. Well, so we're going to talk today, uh, everyone, about um, the five predictions coming from Realtor.com. And these are really, I think, what you guys will all agree are exciting, optimistic viewpoints. Um, but before we do, I want to do quick, three quick announcements. First of all, uh, thanks to all of you who congratulated Julie on that really great Inman News Features article, which she was uh, featured in. So thanks for that. And if you haven't read that, hop over to Inman News and check that article out. Inman, as you guys know, is a fantastic source for real estate uh, news. Number two, I want to um, let all of you guys know that we're going to be sending out a survey. Um, students, you're going to be getting a specific survey. And those of you who are just radio listeners, we're going to be embedding a survey in an upcoming radio broadcast. Please do participate in that because it will help to shape what the radio show will be for you uh, for 2015. And the third announcement I have is the results are in, and we are the number one real estate industry podcast, and that's thanks to all of you, 50,000 listeners strong and growing, so thanks to all of you for that. So, Jonathan, let's get right to the housing predictions for 2015. Now, you're saying it's the return of the first-time buyer, which everyone has been waiting for, so share with the, share us, share with the listeners the uh, predictions. Well, Sure. Well, at a very high level, I think everybody can feel good and confident and and store up their energy over the next couple of weeks uh, to be busy in 2015 because the net-net for realtors is we are forecasting more transactions and higher prices, and that should mean um, a very positive and and busy year uh, for everyone. Uh, Top line, our forecast is based on continuing strong uh, economic conditions for for the U.S. overall. So we're forecasting a slightly stronger uh, economy, uh, building on the kind of strength we saw this year and particularly in the second half of this year. Um, And we're forecasting job creation around 2.75 million, which is a little bit stronger than this year. And this year is uh, going to go down as one of the best years we've seen. Uh, since 1999. So 
it's in that context that we are forecasting a pretty significant amount of growth in the existing home market. Um, our top line number for the U.S. is 8% growth in existing home sales, and that would mean roughly the kind of, of growth that we experienced in 2012, uh, just when the market uh, started to recover. And uh, so it will be a substantial in increase uh, from this year. And it's uh, as you were as you were stating, uh, that's really on the back of uh, a trend that we think will be critical to seeing that kind of volume growth, and that's uh, the return of the first-time buyer. As we've discussed on prior calls, that's really been one of the the main elements um, that we have not seen uh, functioning as normal so far in this recovery. And for a variety of factors, we think that the, that 2015 will be the year that we start to see a rebound uh, in the first-time home buying segment. I read a um, survey um, on CNBC just probably I don't know an hour before the show just was published, talking about millionaires, people that have one million dollars in investable money, sort of a, you know an, an interesting segment of folks to be sure. Uh, their opinions, their forecasts their personal viewpoints, and they're all very optimistic as well, sort of across the board, uh, a match for what you're sharing with us. So Realtor.com's top five housing predictions for 2015. Um, discuss with us how millennials, and we discussed this on the, on the previous radio show, but it's probably worth mentioning, millennials will drive the household formation, and obviously that's going to be the start of what will be, you know, decades-long surge in housing demand. Uh, can you Can you elaborate on that? Yes, that's right. So we talked at length on our last call about the millennials, um, but essentially we believe we're already seeing evidence that millennials are, are actively engaging uh, and getting prepared um, to, to enter the full home ownership uh, cycle, and we think 2015 is really going to be the key year. Uh, the reason for that um, is, first of all, sheer numbers. It's the largest generation that we've ever seen, uh, currently 90 million strong, uh, and they are just entering the point um, that typically you really see first-time buyers thriving, um, and that's normally the 25 to 34-year-old age range. Um, and next year, uh, the the median um, age for a millennial is is uh, 24. So we've got the older cohort um, right in that 25 to 34-year-old range. Uh, part of the reason why it's different in 2015 uh, is basically – uh, the the age itself, uh, as we shared last time, uh, we're seeing evidence that uh, the group is is starting to experience those kinds of life events uh, that drive demand for housing, um, and it's showing up in in surveys. It's showing up in birth statistics uh, all across the country. Uh, we're seeing uh, you know huge increases in people that are uh, getting married, uh, that are having children, or planning to have children, and in fact. Uh, surveys from this past summer uh, have indicated that 86% uh, of millennial shoppers are indeed uh, looking at homes uh, precisely because uh, they're either seeing their household size change or they're planning on it changing uh, within within the next 12 months. But the other side of that coin that helps to support those life events is the fact that the strengthening economy is really benefiting the young um, significantly. Uh, we've heard, you know, a ton of stories through the years that the millennials are basically uh, not able to find a job and are moving back in with mom and dad. And that might have been accurate back in 2011, 2012. 
but increasingly we believe they're going to be the ones driving household formation um, and enjoying the fact that, that while we've been having a tremendous year for job growth and we're forecasting even more next year, those under 35 have actually been experiencing uh, even more substantial job increases at a pace of 50 to 60 percent better uh, than the U.S. economy overall. So the economy is basically providing the opportunity, um, and we think we'll really start to see them enter the market uh, in earnest. So the second prediction from Realtor.com in the top five housing predictions, the second prediction you already touched on, let's put some real numbers to this, is existing home sales will increase by 8%. So I think we're, if I'm doing the math correctly, we're talking about 400,000 homes, three to 400,000 additional sales. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. That gets us uh, well above the 5 million range that we've been just skirting above uh, as we get to the second half of this year. Right. So that's a very significant uh, number. And I assume that these sales are projected to probably be in the area. I mean, obviously, there's a, a, a denser, uh, if you look at where all the majority of transactions happen, they're generally on the coast and whatnot. So I'm sure that the increase in sales will reflect that, too. So number three, I thought this was an interesting one, especially considering all the really dramatic home price appreciation we've been experiencing over the past few years. It's home price gains are expected to be in the 4 to 5% range. That seems awfully optimistic, Jonathan. Actually, when you when you really look at this market by market, of all the things I'm forecasting, I, I, I think that number may be on the low side. But the model, uh, basically the forecasting model that, uh, that we use is spitting out um, prices to be in that range. And it, some of that 4 to 5 variance depends on what kind of uh, specific metric you're, you're looking at. You you are um, you are right that many people are forecasting uh, home prices to be only three percent. Um, I would say from what I've surveyed across the board with other economists, uh, every uh, most everyone I'm sure there's some um, person out on the fringe that might be uh, saying that home prices could decline, uh, but everybody is is pretty firmly believing that that home prices uh, w- will go up. Um, and I would say that the models are essentially suggesting that, that we've experienced a deceleration this year, and we're now getting back to a more normal level of home price appreciation, uh, which historically has always been roughly uh, one to 200 basis points uh, above the rate of inflation. And if uh, the forecasts are correct that inflation will be about 2% next year, that puts it firmly around, um, around 4%. But you will see variation ar- uh, across the country, um, and I, that's probably a point that I think um, many realtors have have been having to deal with around the country. That that the way the media has been reporting the pace of price increases decelerating this year, it can sometimes be interpreted that uh, prices are declining. Um, no, the rate at which prices have been going up um, has been declining, but we're still seeing year over year price gains. Um, and part of the reason why I'm confident that prices will go up is we continue to have very tight supply conditions around the country. Um, and in that scenario, there is uh, limited to zero chance of seeing prices decline because we don't have distress. We don't have um, a large amount of new construction uh, hanging over our heads. Uh, it's essentially been a pretty common story over the last couple of years uh, that if anything, supply has been too tight uh, to be able to support the volume of demand that could be there. 
and that's why I'm a little skeptical that it will only be 4%. Uh, but we'll have a call next December and see, uh, see who was right on that front. I'm curious uh, as to what, and I don't know if you've read anything about this. I haven't researched this truthfully probably in about two months, but I'm, I'm curious to see what percent of homeowners, obviously with a mortgage, are still underwater and what an additional 4 or 5% would mean to that number. Have you run across any numbers, any current predictions as, or you know, forecasts as how many folks are still underwater? Yes, I haven't seen a, a more recent statistic. It's clearly been dropping month by month as we've continued to see price increases. Uh, it, it tends to be pretty tightly focused um, in the areas that saw the most substantial price declines uh, across the country. So I would say that it's, it's, it's certainly uh, trending down, and that amount of increase uh, will continue that to be a scenario. And it's part of the reason why what is completely exiting from the market is the distress uh, that we've experienced essentially since 2008, you know, as a result of those um, underwater homeowners actually facing additional econo economic difficulties that, you know, led them to foreclosure. Uh, we can almost close the chapter on that this year, and I think based on the forecast, it means we can officially close the chapter on it next, next year. So number, the fourth point is mortgage rates by the end of the year will be at 5%. So you guys are sticking to the what you uh, forecasted on our last interview where you basically were saying they are going to increase but nothing dramatic. Any reasons to believe that they might increase dramatic, dramatically? What would cause that prediction to be wrong? Or they're just, are they just so well, far out as far as outliers it doesn't even, it's not even worth talking about? Well, the range of, of uh, mortgage forecasts as of last week uh, would be by the end of 2015, we would see somewhere between on the low end 4.4% for the 30-year fix and on the high end 5.4%. Um, so my forecast is you know, very nicely in the middle of that pattern. Um, if you've been watching CNBC this week, um, you, know, you may be seeing um, the concern of the Russian ruble um, you know, uh, sinking and uh, along with the price of oil uh, and what that means for the global uh, markets. Uh, I would say that because the rest of the world seems to be entering um, a questionable growth period, uh, it basically potentially highlights the fact that the Fed won't be uh, as prone to act sooner rather than later. Um, so the way that the financial market is looking at it, Whereas two weeks ago, there was a 50% chance that the Fed would act um, by June of next year. And now that, that forecasted probability of the Fed acting by June is 25%. Um, so it would appear that the financial market is, is making a bet that mortgage, mortgage rates may actually go up uh, less uh, than original, originally forecasted next year. But I would say across the board, people are still expecting uh, some increases next year. So the point number five, the low interest rates, and obviously the projected uh, continued appreciation of four to five percent. You're predicting that housing affordability will decrease by five to ten percent, or five, uh, yeah, five to ten percent. Can you share with uh, our listeners on what you mean by that? Yeah. So uh, housing affordability is something that's actually calculated by the National Association of Realtors officially every quarter, and they do it both nationally and for individual markets. It's really a function of the median home price, the median household's income, uh, and mortgage rates. Um, so in a scenario where both home prices and mortgage rates are going up, uh, you see affordability declining. Or put another way, monthly payments for future 
home buyers compared to today's home buyers are going to be higher. Um, and, and that's especially true uh, when both mortgage rates and home prices are going up because the effect of the mortgage rate going up has an even more profound impact on payments. Um, some of that gets offset by very positive forecasts for uh, household and family incomes uh, next year, uh, but it won't be enough to offset the fact that um, you know both rates and prices will be higher a year from now. Uh, and I believe that's one of the areas where uh, the industry really needs to be good at both educating um, would-be buyers and would-be sellers uh, that uh, prices will be higher and rates will be higher in the future, and therefore, if they can act sooner, uh, it's likely uh, to their advantage. But at the same token, not having people, um, you know, panic or be dissuaded from uh, from looking at the market, especially if if mortgage rates start to go um, up and down and are a bit more volatile than we've seen uh, recently. And that's because, as any, any um, of your experienced listeners know, there is no such thing as a single mortgage rate. Um, we get kind of lulled into that sense of believing that there's just a single mortgage rate because of the way it gets reported in the newspaper or on TV. Uh, but the reality is there's so much variability based on the kind of mortgage, where you live, um, discount points uh, you're willing to, uh, to apply, uh, and of course your own individual circumstances and credit history, um, that people can take actions and choose different products and do other things that help to control the impact of, of a rate increase. So this is the really exciting bit when we talk about the hottest markets in the country. I always like this part. So Realtor.com's top 10 markets for housing growth in 2015, Mr. Smoke. <laughs> All right. Well, first setting the stage for this, I didn't want to have just a single metric um, to define the 10 markets because I wanted some variability um, and to be able to recognize uh, places around the country for different reasons. So I decided to go through a more difficult process of looking at, okay, what are the economic fundamentals uh, around the country and what are the top markets uh, for the local economy being very uh, productive and supporting strong home sales. Uh, I wanted to look at long-term drivers like household growth, um, and I threw in places that are producing the most significant numbers of households as well as those that are having the most substantial increases for, on a percentage basis. Um, and then I, of course, looked at our own forecasts of what both home prices and home sales are going to do. I also looked at new construction. And then finally, since the millennials are so important to uh, the recovery of the market, and in particular with the first-time home buyer, I wanted to pay attention to the markets that that seem to have the best forecast points uh, related to that. So in alphabetical order, um, not in order of, of uh, necessarily um, uh, top favorites, uh, I'll, talk about, I'll talk about the markets. First up is Atlanta. Um, I'll be uh, first to tell you that this has been one that through social media I've gotten a bit of criticism um, saying, how the heck can you believe that Atlanta is going to be uh, top market uh, for home sales in 2015? And I would argue, well, what I'm trying to do here is to be where the hockey puck is going to be, not where it is today. Um, and Atlanta really appears to be poised to see substantial uh, gains uh, because it continues to have very strong household growth and is forecasted to be one of the fastest-growing markets over the next five years. Um, and on the home sales side, it's, it's one of uh, the biggest markets in terms of our forecast where we're expecting an 11% increase there. 
So it doesn't sound too bad for Atlanta, right? No, it doesn't. And I, um, I'm looking at Sandy Springs, Georgia, Atlanta, Sandy Springs, Georgia. So you're, it's not all of Atlanta, is it, or it's just specific parts of Atlanta? Atlanta is obviously enormous. It's the entire MSA. So, yes, wow. uh, I believe there's 28 counties. Um, the, the government does us a disservice and changes the name every year based on what uh, cities within the MSA um, happen to have the higher population. So uh, Sandy Springs is now in the name, and it didn't even exist uh, as a name several years ago. Fantastic. Next up we have, I believe, according to uh, your chart, is Dallas-Fort Worth, Arlington, Texas. Yes, Dallas, um, for those who don't live there, is a bit of a yawner in this list um, because I feel like uh, the Texas markets have been in the top markets for housing for about the last seven or eight years. Um, they continue to be uh, incredible from a growth perspective. They rank number one um, in ter across all markets for household growth and forecasted household growth. Uh, we're expecting them to have, uh, related to that, very strong home sales growth um, of uh, close to the national average at, at 7%. And for a market of that size, that's a substantial number of transactions. So it's interesting. I'm looking at your list. Denver, Aurora, Bloomfield, Colorado, the near, very near the uh, headquarters of REMAX. You're predicting growth in home sales. This is incredible, Jonathan, 14%. Yes, Denver is um, one of those markets that is, um, you know, I would say not often uh, on people's lists compared to Dallas and, and Houston and Austin, but it really has the economic characteristics and the demographic characteristics that make it, um, you know, absolutely an attractive market for attracting uh, households. Um, it is uh, within the top 20 in, in the country in terms of population and households. Um, the economy has been doing extremely well. The market recovered all jobs lost by early in 2013, and so basically it's been setting new records uh, ever since. Uh, as a result, it's an opportunity magnet, and it's been drawing in um, folks, including millennials, uh, in large numbers. Uh, it's actually got even stronger uh, growth in households than uh, Atlanta did uh, looking into the future. Um, so it's not surprising to me to see the model uh, predicting um, such a strong growth, and in fact, it is the largest um, uh, growth that we're expecting of any market. Who knew legalized marijuana sales would have that kind of effect? Um, <laughs> <laughs> next up we have, I'm looking at this uh, with great interest because I coach the number one uh, builder in all of Iowa, and I'm reading your list that Des Moines, where he's based, is next on your list. Very interesting. Tell us about that. That's right. Well, Des Moines made the list, and it's one of those that I've seen a few people, uh, even some of the commentators on TV, uh, question how, how on earth could Des Moines make the list. Um, one reporter said something like, I've never even been there. Uh, what is Des Moines like? Uh, it's definitely not a top 10 market, uh, but it is within the top 100 from a population and household uh, perspective. But it features something that few large markets have, uh, and that's affordability. Uh, and as a result, I think we even talked about it last time, the home ownership rate there for millennials is uh, really high. It's 56%. Um, so it's a very attractive place uh, for millennials to set up shop, and the economy is doing extremely well uh, as well. It actually recovered all of its lost jobs by the end of 2012, um, so it was really one of the markets that, that uh, recovered 
uh, faster uh, than the rest. And of course, now it means it's setting records uh, for employment. Uh, we're forecasting 9% growth in home sales there um, wow. and continued steady home price appreciation. Well, um, Heath, you know, the builder, I'll tell you that it is pretty amazing what you get for your money in uh, Des Moines, Iowa. You know, housing-wise, it just isn't right in alignment with what you're saying. You, the house that would cost, say, 250000 in Des Moines, Iowa, would probably cost, you know, Ankeny, Des Moines, Iowa, would probably cost, she's in California, half a million bucks, $600,000. So it is pretty amazing. And, you know, this, uh, I know from having, obviously, we have hundreds of coaching students in California they're seeing a trend, Jonathan, I don't know if your your data supports this, but they're seeing a trend of folks that are the retirement age in California that are leaving, going up to, uh, really going many places. They're obviously going to Texas. They're going up to Oregon. Um, I haven't heard any of them say that they have clients moving to Iowa, but I wouldn't be surprised. You know, people taking their home equity proceeds and kind of moving someplace they can have a less expensive lifestyle in their retirement years. So there are a lot of interesting trends. It's kind of fascinating as I'm reading your data you know, the effects of the baby boomers are still still to be felt. Now all their children are going to start buying, too. So uh, very fascinating. So Houston, the Woodlands, Texas, obviously uh, that area has been hot for a long time, but according to this, it's going to even get hotter. Yeah, and it's, it's really one that is no surprise to anyone. It's been a top performer uh, for a long time, and it's forecasted to remain one of the best uh, next year because it excels and literally in almost every category. Um, it's on pace to set a new employment record uh, this year. Uh, it's forecasted for one of the strongest uh, percentage growths in employment next year uh, that's twice the rate of the U.S. Uh, overall. And because of those jobs, it's been uh, you know, certainly attracting population and households uh, in very large numbers, um, especially relative to the, to the rest of the country and other uh, top ten markets. Um, the Two question marks are probably hovering over Houston now. One is that growth is starting to catch up with it. It's one of the places where affordability is declining more rapidly. Traditionally, it's been a market that um, has done extremely well, but now Houston is starting to look a bit more expensive, especially re uh, related to its Texas siblings. Um, and then, of course, this, this um, pretty sudden change that we've had in the price of oil um, might be something that, that causes the forecast to come off a little bit uh, as we get into 2015. Um, but, you know, the, the Houston's economy is so large and so diverse, um, I have a feeling that it's still going to be a banner year uh, for Houston. And who knows how long oil prices will stay low, so it could be a completely different conversation yeah. in 90 days. So next up is Los yep. Angeles, Long Beach, California. I was surprised to see Long Beach included on your list, to be honest with you. I would have been expected to see more of a, you know, something slightly south into Orange County. But Long Beach, really, Jonathan? Well, that's really what the MSA is, um, by the way. It's, it's uh, Los Angeles, uh, Long Beach, uh, Orange County, uh, according to the government no nomenclature. It's the two counties, L.A. County and Orange County, which either one of those counties um, – from a size perspective, would swallow almost every market in the country. Um, For sure. And that's, that's actually one of the reasons why um, L.A. is on the list, and I couldn't, um, because of using data to do this, uh, exclude it from the list. Its sheer size means that uh, because it's experiencing growth, uh, it, it produces some pretty phenomenal statistics. Um, so the sheer numbers of households um, that are forming there uh, and the volume of home sales 
uh, basically puts it, um, you know, at the top of the list uh, for, for markets in the U.S. Now, of course, its affordability is an enormous challenge. And, like, if I had created the ability to, like, ding markets uh, for not excelling in certain categories, uh, the fact that millennials have a 23% home ownership rate, uh, which is essentially the worst place in the country uh, for, for them, of all the major markets, um, it, it has its challenges because if you choose to live in that beautiful place, uh, you're going to have to pay the price. Um, but uh, there's enough people with the means to do that, and uh, it continues to be a draw for population and households that uh, it means a very strong housing market. Beautiful in its own way, but not because of excessive sunshine or 70-degree days is next on your list. Minneapolis, St. Paul. Yes, so Minneapolis is is similar uh, to Des Moines in terms of uh, millennials really helped it make the list um, because they were uh, top of the charts for millennial homeowner growth. Um, and, of course, that's uh, partially related to the strong affordability uh, to the uh, Minneapolis. But also Minneapolis is forecasted to have a more substantial uh, recovery on the new construction side uh, with uh, increased um, new construction, I think, in the nearly 30% uh, in in that market, according according to our forecast. Um, so it's growing. Uh, it's it's an amazing diverse uh, uh, economy, uh, actually, and you can see why it's attractive uh, to young people because affordability. Um, if you don't live there, I don't suggest visiting there in January, but um, mm-hmm. later in the year would be a perfect time. So we also had, and I don't think any of these will be real eye-openers, but we also had Phoenix, which is going to be expected to, you know, 22% home sale. I'm sorry, uh, growth in new construction, 22% home sales, 11%. San Jose uh, growth, uh, home prices are supposed to increase 2%. And Washington, D.C., of course, Washington, D.C. has been rocking for a long time. I'm curious, the top maybe three markets that you expect to decline or where maybe agents need to be getting uh, getting ready for a little bit more, uh, I'd say, headwinds in 2015? Do you have that list in front of you? <laughs> I don't, Tim, and actually part of the reason for that is is the growth is pretty widespread. Um, there's there's really no place that registers as, as a place to worry about home prices uh, or a decline in in uh, transactions because uh, for the it's just a difference in scale and what exactly is is moving um, and that's part of the reason why I wanted a pretty diverse top ten. That is the optimistic answer I was hoping you were going to give me. By the way, I thought of your slogan. <laughs> what it's is very that? simple. Ready for it? <laughs> the agent's economist. The agent's economist. All right. I think that's a compliment. Well, that sounds good to me. <laughs> so, Jonathan, listen, thanks for sharing this data with all of our listeners, guys. So hopefully you took from this uh, time with Mr. Smoke uh, what I did, which is optimism, which is reasons to believe that the winds are at our back, that 2015 will be a continuation of what's going to be a long-term housing boom. So, listeners, what are you supposed to do over the next couple of weeks? Jonathan actually kind of touched on at the top of the call. Guys, catch your breath. Spend some time with your family. By the way, happy Hanukkah for all of our Jewish listeners. Guys, really start to embrace the fact that 2015, or fully embrace the fact that 2015 can and hopefully will be your best year ever, not just in your business but your personal life as well. And uh, take the next couple of weeks, take a breath, show gratitude towards the folks that you love, 
send your favorite coaches uh, uh, their uh, presents, you know, hopefully something nicer than what you got us last year. Um, and I'm only partially kidding to that. Uh, do us a favor and send around the replay of today's radio show to all of your uh, realtor friends. Help them uh, learn about Real Estate Coaching Radio. Help us get the word out that we are at the very beginning stages of what's going to be a fantastic real estate recovery. Jonathan Smuck, I really love having you on the radio show. I just like to sit back and listen and take notes because I can use a lot of what you say on my coaching calls. Um, and listen, uh, we'll definitely have you back when another Realtor.com report is out. I really appreciate your time today, and Merry Christmas, by the way. Thank you, and Happy New Year to you. Very good. And listeners, we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.